This is episode number 110 of the Social Hub podcast, which means you can find all the links and relative show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the social hub AU.com forward slash 110. Hey there, I'm Stacey Marie, your host of this podcast and a business coach helping women in business stand out of the crowd online through social media, online courses, digital products, and podcasting. On this pod, we will chat about business, marketing, mindset, money, and all that's in between so that you can grow your business your way because you are magic and everything you need is right inside you. I acknowledge the Nandawal and Minyungbuk people of the Bunjalung Nation on which land this podcast is produced. I thank them for the custodial role they undertake now in times past and for our future. And I extend my respect to all the people on the lands with which you are listening from also. Today, I have a very special guest on the podcast talking about something that is very important. And it's an important topic for Well, every single human for a start, but for those of us in business, it's a topic that will help you be able to serve more of your audience. That is the topic of inclusion. Now, I will not profess by any stretch of the imagination to be an expert on this topic. As a white, cisgendered, able-bodied woman, I hold an immense amount of privilege in our society and speaking about how we can be more inclusive to diverse groups, well, quite frankly, it's not my story to tell. It's the people who make up the diverse fabric of our communities that are the best voices to listen to. And as someone with a platform, I want to use this platform to share this message with you all, as I believe with my entire being that if we can do this work and do it well, we can have huge ripple effects throughout society. Changing how we do this, how we approach inclusivity, starts with each and every one of us. And the impact is really and truly remarkable and incredible. So today I have brought to you Louise O'Reilly, who is my guest for today. Now, I have worked with Louise personally in her coaching. And at the end of 2021, I did a, a, I think it was like a maybe two-month coaching package with her. And it really helped me improve how I was able to approach inclusivity in my business. I can say hands down, it was the best thing I did last year, not just on a business level, but personally as well. And I really encourage anyone who is sitting there and perhaps feels like how I felt last year that I knew I wanted to do more and do better as an ally. I wanted to do better. Like it was that feeling in the pit of my belly that I wanted to do this better than I currently was. But I also had a bit of action paralysis because I wanted to make sure that I approached it with respect and honored the people that I wanted to show my allyship to. And working with Louise really helped me be able to do that and create and formulate a clear plan for how I was going to be able to serve more of my audience in with integrity and in a way that was within complete alignment with my values. Now, a little bit about Louise. Now, the oppressive status quo is something that Louise completely refuses to swallow. Louise comes with her unique self-expression, heart-centered rebelliousness and clarity around her vision of an all-inclusive world. Louise is a proud Warwa Noongar woman and an inclusion, equity and diversity coach and course creator for heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs. She offers the Inclusion Creators Collective Membership, which is filled with monthly online courses, live trainings, coaching, mentoring and more. And Louise also offers limited one-on-one coaching services. Her dream is to stimulate the co-creation of a more inclusive world. Like, honestly, I can't even think of a more 
expansive sentence if I, you know, I think I just I think I have to say that again. Her dream is to stimulate the co-creation of a more inclusive world. Just beautiful. She is driven by her children, cheered on by her husband, and inspired by the calling from within. LouiseO'Reilly.com.au is where you'll find her. And outside of her business, Louise was a freelance writer for Amnesty International Australia, a radio host on Noongar Radio, a Miss NADOC Perth finalist, and is currently part of an Aboriginal-led 10-year visionary reconciliation project, a first actually in Australia, in Borloo over in Perth. So this episode is truly a beautiful conversation and without further ado I'm going to hand over so that you can enjoy its magic. All right welcome Louise to today's episode of the podcast. This is an absolute honor to have you here today. Um, I did mention in my intro that you and I had work, have worked together at the end of last year. I did some coaching with you around um, inclusivity and diversity. And it was hands down, I think I've told every person when they said, what was the best thing you did last year? I've always said hands down, working with you was literally oh. one of the best things I did <laughs> last year because it, was, um, it, was a, it wasn't just a, like, I guess primarily, yes, it was, I wanted to learn how to do it better in my business, but the personal journey that I went on was also really incredible for me and really got me back to a lot of my grassroots values around social justice and and really grounded me back into that again. And I feel like I'd gotten away from that for a few years. So I really, really enjoyed um, our time together last year. So it's a real privilege to have you here today. Um, but before we get stuck into the combo, I just really want you to tell everyone listening here today a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you do, which is probably going to include a bit of your story, but you share what you feel is, is relevant yeah. in that space. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for the invitation to be here. I feel complete honour and privilege being here in this space with you. Um, and, you know, vice versa, I, it was such a pleasure and delight to, to work with you. It is so wonderful to have someone so open and willing to listen and learn to a perspective outside of your own um, and to really own who you are, how you're showing up and really assess it along with your values. So thank you so much for the, the you know, the wonderful experience of working with you last year. Um, now, do you mind if I do an acknowledgement of country before I go oh, on? Oh, no, I actually should have asked you to do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should have asked you to do that. I would love you to do an acknowledgement of country, please. Yes, that would be great. Beautiful. Well, um, for those of you who don't know what an acknowledgement of country is, it is a custodial practice that we do in the Aboriginal culture. It is a way of really acknowledging um, the custodians of the lands on which we're on. Um, and they are, it's basically their home. So we're basically thanking them for being in that space and for them caring for that space and allowing us to be in that space with them. So here is mine. I, Louise O'Reilly of the Wadawa Noongar people, would like to acknowledge the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation as the traditional and ongoing custodians of the lands and waters on which I'm coming to you from. Um, I pay deep, deep love, gratitude and respect to the Wajak elders and thank them for their community leadership, their guidance and their love 
Um, I also want to extend that uh, acknowledgement out to all of your listeners on all the lands that you're on as well and pay respects to the elders of those lands in um, whatever title they refer to themselves as. So um, that's essentially an acknowledgement of country. It doesn't have to be that long or complex. I've done this for a long time. So I, I like to add my own little flair into to those and add a little bit of me into it. Um, but it can be as simple as I acknowledge the and the name of the custodians of the place and that can be it and you you acknowledge and respect the the elders um now for me uh, getting to this place what am i doing so i am an inclusion diversity equity and allyship coach um i'm course creator and i'm a membership space holder um and actually as of last night i officially launched um a co-authored book as well so i'm now so exciting <laughs> Yeah, we had our launch party last night. Very, very exciting. It was like 16 months in the making. Yeah. Um, so it's a long, long process to go through, but I'm really glad I, I put my story out there. Um, so actually in that chapter, which is called um, Inclusive Ripples and Changing the World, I talk about um, my experience with racism. And it is the same story that got me to doing the work that I'm doing. Um, you know, growing up and feeling that exclusion in my own community and really witnessing how people were treated differently based on their race, it really um, became very evident and was very obvious to me as a child that some people were treated differently to others. And I could see certainly my Aboriginal community were treated very differently and very inhumanely and so it really started me on this whole I guess quest of questioning myself who am I who am I how do I fit into this place do I even belong here because I certainly in a lot of the spaces in Australian context do not feel I belong even though this is my own country and this has been my um, my ancestral lands for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, millennia, we have been here and this has been the country that we belong to. Um, we certainly don't own it. The land owns us and we are here to care for it and make sure everything in it functions, the ecosystem is healthy and it is all looked after. That's our role in this space. So it was really... Um, it's been quite an experience to go through that exclusion and to feel like I don't belong and questioning myself so much that, um, you know, to a point where I go, I look at how people are treating other people and the messages are really clear. The message is you are bad, you are wrong, um, you are not welcome, you are, you know, all these really horrible negative traits and after a little while, you know, when, it's, when the constant messaging kept coming through, you actually start internalising it and really believing that about yourself. Internal racism is absolutely a thing. And it's something that I'm still working through right now because I've been told so much that Aboriginal people, First Nations people are all these horrible things. And I have to try to de-brainwash myself with those things. Um, and it got to a point where I, you know, even questioned my own existence um, in, in this place. And that is not an okay thing to do. That's not an okay to experience. Something I shared at the book launch party last night was, in all honesty, when I was birthed into this place, when I was born, 
it wasn't good enough for me. And in all honesty, it's not good enough for any other person on the planet as it is today. How the systems work, it is a system that works to oppress people so badly. Um, and quite often we're taught that that is okay and that's normal. Mm. And we just accept that as, yeah. as the go-to. In reality, it's not okay at all. We are, we are dealing with and living through something that has been handed to us from people we don't even know. They created this system and we're still living it. And it's absolutely not benefiting a single person on the planet. It's really detrimental. It's really toxic. It's really oppressive. And when I, have, when I got pregnant with my first barb, I had this really, um, I guess, shocking or striking epiphany that oh my goodness I'm going to birth a little human into this place in the state that it's in and I just went I just can't accept that I absolutely cannot do this and so from then I dedicated myself to doing whatever I possibly can to change this world so that my children and all the other children do not have to go through the same experiences that I went through and they're not the world is not good enough for them either. So it's up to us now, us who have privilege, us who have a voice, us who have an influence to do what we can to change the world, to make it a better place for them. So it is like a legacy thing. It is about reimagining what our world could be. It is about looking at those systems and really deciding, is this actually working for our community? Is it working mm. for our businesses? Is it working for us? Is it working for our families? And then making that decision based on our own values, how are we going to innovate and change this? So that's kind of where I am. And that's where I base my coaching stuff from. It is from high vibrational space. It's not from feeling bad. It's not about having guilt or shame or anger or anything like that. The way I work from it is really aligning with your soul and having mm. it so it is high vibrational. You actually feel good about it. You feel excited yeah. about it and you want to do things about it. It is meant to be fun to create our new world. It's not meant to be something that feels terrible and horrible. Yeah. And oh, that just, I'm going to get all misty-eyed. <laughs> Because, you know, when you're talking about, you know, bringing your child into a world that would be worthy of them, um, someone like me, I've, and I, this is one of the first things I ever said to you was, I'm one of the most privileged people. And when I say privileged, I don't mean that I have a lot of money. What I mean is I'm a white woman, a, a, I'm cisgendered, I'm able-bodied, um, I identify as a female, like all these things that make me who I am. I'm married to another white man who is all of those things. My children are white. They also, at, at this point, they could transition or want to at some point, but at this point, they're cisgendered, identify as female, able-bodied kids. Like, I, I automatically get so much more recognition and privilege bestowed upon me for things that are completely out of my control. I I didn't choose to be born this way. I just was, right? Yeah. And to think that there's other people in this world that have the completely different experience because they were born that way is, yeah. it's not a very nice feeling, you know? And particularly when you do start to unpack the way the world works, 
you kind of realize that, you know, the history we've been taught was only one version. (laughs) And there's a whole (laughs) other version of history out there that a lot of us haven't been privy to to hear, you know, hear about it, you know, particularly if you're looking at the um, Australian Indigenous history versus white Australian history and, um, you know, and it, it, it is a lot to unpack, you know. It's yeah. looking at privilege in the face isn't necessarily a very easy thing to do. Um, but I can honestly say what you said, you do come at it from such a high vibrational space. You're so, you're, you really do hold that space for people. You're very caring and understanding. And, um, you know, and we'll talk about this later, but a lot of my fears were getting it wrong. Like I didn't want to get it wrong. I didn't want to offend people. And yeah. um, you really do hold that space, hold that space really, really nicely for people. So oh, yeah, thank you. I just, thank I just you. love, I really do love, um, love the work that you do. And I know there's other people that do this work as well in in various spaces of the community. Um, I'd love you to kind of explain just first off, because I know that, and particularly since I've been talking about it on Instagram, I know that there's a lot of people in my audience that are new to some of this. Some Mm -hmm. of them aren't so much, but some of them are. So for those people, could we just kind of maybe explain the difference between inclusion and diversity? so that sure. they understand what that means. And maybe it, as we talk, if other words come up, we might need to explain, we can do that as we talk, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So absolutely, um, and there is absolutely a difference between inclusion and diversity, and there is a reason that I have inclusion and diversity in that particular order, um, and that is because including in, inclusion is about having people who identify differently in a particular space, but the, each of those people with all their sameness or all their differences are valued equally in that particular space. And this is something that um, most spaces, in an, certainly in an Australian context, find very difficult to do. They link inclusion with diversity. Now, they're not the same thing. Diversity yeah. is when you have a space where you do have people who identify differently, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are valued equally. And it certainly doesn't mean that they have a, you know, metaphorical spot at the table where they are listened to, they are heard or even have the opportunity to speak. They are just in that space to be present, to take a seat and to make it look like there is inclusion happening. Sure, there might be diversity, but that does not mean there is inclusion happening. We need to get to a space where it's inclusive, where every single person in that place gets a a chance to speak and allowed to take up space. And when they do speak, it it is deeply listened to and it is considered in that particular um, space. It is... And what I, what I also do when I'm when working with people is you've got to understand you can't force this. It's not something that can be forced. It is something that is, it would be a reflection of yourself and your own inclusivity um, because you have to create the energetic space for it first. You have to be open to accepting people with different identities and different opinions and all those different kinds of things to come into your space. And a lot of us aren't. A lot of us are really um, 
quite fearful of difference and fearful of change because we've grown up and we've never been taught how to interact with people who are different to us or interact with people who have differing opinions and it's it's very much taught that you either align with me and what I say and what I think and how I identify or you move away you're an other and it doesn't have to be an other we could learn a different way we could learn a way where we still accept each other and we still value and respect each other's opinions and thoughts and ideas and um, experiences we don't have to push them away we can know that our experience and what we're, we're going through and how we identify is still real and true it doesn't invalidate it at all but when, you, when you're invalidating other people's experiences and ideas and opinions, inadvertently, you're also invalidating your own. Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why it feels so terrible to do it. Because you know within yourself yeah. that we are, we are one. We are all part of this beautiful, um, you know, humanity. And when we are pushing away others, that horrible feeling we get, I think people confuse it sometimes with um, this feeling of fear. I'm fearful of that person. I don't feel safe. So I must push them away to make sure I'm safe. I think there is a confusion with it that it's not that there is fear of not being safe, but more there is a, a grief or a longing for that other person, all those other people to be part of your existence as well and the pushing away is almost like pushing away a part of yourself and in doing that you're making it okay for people to push you away too and we certainly don't don't want that um so I hope I've explained um inclusion and diversity in a in a in a easy to digest way but I think we also need to talk about this concept of equality and equity as well. This is yes, such it's a, a great to unpack that. Yeah. Yeah, because these are two very important terms in this space as well. So lots of people say, you know, I'm all for equality, equality. The thing with equality is that doesn't mean that people's needs will be met if we have equality. So I'll give you an example of what equality is in, in like a real life situation. So just say you had, um, just say you're in a classroom or you're at school, you're a child and you go to a teacher and you go, um, you know, miss or mister, I have um, cut, my, cut my finger and there's a cut on your finger and it's bleeding. They get you a Band-Aid for your finger. They pop it on your finger. All good. Your knees have been met. Then another child comes over and goes, oh, I've scratched my knee. And the teacher goes, no worries, we'll take care of that. They grab a Band-Aid out and they wrap it around your finger. And that child's thinking they're going, what's going on? Another one comes and goes, oh, I think I've dislocated my collarbone. Yep, no worries, we'll sort that out. I'll put a Band-Aid on, band on your finger. That's equality because every single person was treated exactly the same. Yep. Now, people can say equality is fair, but is it fair if the needs of that individual child is not met they required something different and this is where equity comes into this space where the child who had the sore on the finger gets the band-aid the one who has the cut on their leg gets a bandage for their knee the one who has a dislocated um, collarbone gets someone 
in the medical industry to help them sort that thing out. That's equity. And so that is fairness, because even though there were different levels of care required and different things required of um, each of those situations, each child's needs were met in order for them to have the same level of well-being. No, I think, and I'm so glad that you addressed that because, you know, acknowledging the differences is what allows us to create a society where everyone is valued mm-hmm. for who they are. Because yep. every every part of our society have they've all got strengths. And by not allowing those parts of those people to contribute and have a space at that table, like you said, it's we're not getting the full diversity of the fabric of our, of you know our nation by by shutting mm-hmm. those voices out. Um, yep. You know, and that's where you get you know to a point where society is very favoured towards one group of people. Yep. Yep. And this is yeah. also, this can, this, this whole model of understanding equality versus equity is also um, paralleled in your business as well, yeah. because you you need to understand that your ideal client, although you have some similar traits, they also identify very differently and they'll come from different backgrounds, be in different situations, um, have different life experiences. And so in your business, they actually do require different things in order to reach that same level of, um, you know, success or that goal that you're helping them to achieve. Um, It's not a cookie cutter thing for everyone, especially if you're in that coaching industry type thing that you can't just have, here's the program, do the program. If you don't succeed, that's, that's your fault. It's not at all. It's the coach's fault because the coach hasn't recognized the fact that we are all different and we all have different privileges. We all have different traumas. We all have, um, different situations in our lives that require different things from our coach. Um, So it's certainly something, it's not just something that's like a big macro scale where it's about the world and, you know, us all coming together and all that beautiful, lovely stuff. Like I dream of that. I absolutely dream of that. But it's, it certainly can be in every single business, even micro businesses. And when you understand this, it can help your success of your own business because you become a better coach, you become a better CEO of your business because you are open and willing to listen to your your ideal clients, your niche in a way they require you to and not just a way of these are the most privileged people and this is the only way they identify they're all exactly the same. You're missing out on becoming that amazing next level business owner if you ignore the fact that inclusion must be part of it, diversity must be part of it, and equity must be part of it as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I, I think that whole not cookie-cutter approach is so important. Like, I mean, I talk about it as well as a business coach, like don't have a cookie-cutter strategy. You know, what someone's one-person strategy is not going to apply to your business and it's the same with your clients like yeah. one approach is not yeah. going to be right for each and every person or each and every person in your audience and um you know and that was something that 
I had to acknowledge and unpack was that I was attracting and still am because I'm working, this is something I'm working on, a certain type of people. And I want to be able to attract more people of more, you know, diverse backgrounds. But, you know, because of how I'd been approaching it, that wasn't what was happening. So, you know, working with you really helped me unpack how I can actually do that so that I can show, um, you know, all these beautiful people in, in my community that I'm there for them, you know, and um, that whole cookie cutter approach, I think we just need to do away, do away with it <laughs> altogether. <laughs> like it doesn't, yes. definitely doesn't work in so many, so many levels. Now I want to unpack, definitely get into um, how we can kind of identify how we're excluding people in our niche. There's probably one other thing I just want to, um, maybe clarify with you a little bit and that's the term of allyship so mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say oh but I support all people or you know I'm inclusive or I'm you know I don't exclude people and um, you know and I think that a lot of people probably internally genuinely feel that they they don't they they feel that they don't have prejudices right and that they are yeah. supportive of people but in terms of allyship we can't keep it inside, right? So yes. what does, um, can we just kind of unpack the context and meaning of that? A yes, bit? yes. Okay, well, let's let's start with the start of your question first. So how do you know um, when you're not being as inclusive as you could be? The first thing to do is go and have a look at your clients, go and have a look at the people who are following you, and look at, just physically look at them. Do they look different to you? If they don't look different, that is a very clear indicator that you are probably not being as inclusive as you could be. Um, and I, I usually think that's enough to give you the, the big clue that maybe you need to do a little bit of work in this space um, on yourself and on your business. And while it can be, it can feel confronting sometimes. It can um, kind of make you question a lot of things, but just know it's you growing. It's you expanding and you can do it on your, on your own for sure, but you can certainly get people like me or others who work in this space to support you through that particular thing. So that's certainly a way that you can really identify that. Now, in terms of allyship and, you know, if there, essentially allyship is, it's a doing word. It's a verb. It's not a noun. It's not a title. So if you aren't actively participating in um, amplifying marginalized voices, if you aren't actively utilizing and harnessing your privilege in some way to create change that supports what um, these marginalized voices are asking you to do and the support that they require from you, you're not an ally. You can't claim to be an ally if you're not actively continuously doing this stuff. But allyship is also about unpacking the stuff within yourself, absolutely looking at your own biases looking at your own um, prejudice you have, really looking at your privilege that you hold. Now, with privilege, I just want to say this, privilege is not bad. I know a lot of people use it and weaponize it like it's a bad thing to have privilege. You can't control what privilege you have in this society. We cannot control. We're born with it. So to make it like you're bad if you have privilege is 
counterproductive to the whole movement itself because it's just like saying well then if you have dark skin um you're you're bad as well and that's so so not what this movement is about so really looking at that and the biggest thing I think for this is you must be willing and committed to listening to marginalized people Mm. really deeply listening to understand that you are not a savior you're not here to save people you are here to aid those groups you are here to utilize your privilege and your influence to be able to support them to receive the equity and the justice they require for their particular group and to really look in all honesty it really is an internal thing to really look at yourself um, and how you show up because it's about your own belief systems it's about your own behaviors and at the end of the day it's what you choose to do as a result of listening and learning how you choose to behave what you choose to do um, is is what it's really all about because social change is about people changing their behavior so if we can each choose to be more inclusive each day we can choose to do something that's going to be an ally towards groups who need our aid that is absolutely going to change the social construct of what we are existing in at the moment because we're social beings and we we admire people who really have a lot of compassion and big hearts and are leaders. So sometimes that might mean you need to be the only person in that space saying something about, about the thing that is, is not okay to do. Sometimes it might mean that you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, But as an ally, certainly from my perspective, as an Aboriginal person, allies of Aboriginal people, I have so much gratitude and appreciation for anyone who does not have to be an ally, but chooses to be an ally every day and take steps to support me and my community so that we can have a fairer playing ground. You know, that whole thing with privilege, I... And I know this has definitely been true for myself in the past too. I'm not certainly not going to sit here and say that um, over, I mean, I'm 42 and a half years old. I've definitely had stages of my life where I have not been the, um, as, you know, aware and definitely not as been as good an ally as I, I, I am now. I feel I'm a lot better now. I've still always got a lot to learn, but that whole point of privilege is, um, a lot of, sometimes people can confuse it with um, that you haven't struggled and yeah. that you haven't had struggle, you haven't had to work for what you've got, that yeah. they confuse privilege with affluence almost yeah. in a way. Yeah. And that's not what pri- privilege is. Privilege no. is it's not saying that you haven't had a hard life or you haven't had trauma or you haven't had to work hard or um, that, you know, things have haven't happened to you that are terrible or or any of those things it's really just saying that ultimately because of the way you were born you in society get to you get to experience more privilege than other people just because of the the way that you look or the gender that you are or whatever it is yeah you don't have people people don't distrust you they don't stare at you they don't um name you 
as who you are and make turn it into a bad thing. Yeah, yep, absolutely. It's about the system. It's privileges and it is complete privilege is a man-made construct. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a man-made construct. We had to put a word on it somehow, and, didn't we? <laughs> oh yeah. And this and it's the system. So when you have privilege, what that means is the system has been built in your favor. Mm. Correct. So there yeah. are less obstacles for you to overcome, for you to get out of um, negative situations or you for you to get out of that trauma. Um, so it's built it's less, for you. Less obstacles was what I was trying to get at, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what it is, the, the, that system. Now, you did. I just re- recalled you talking about um, the, you know, I support all lives kind of thing and I support all people. That kind of talking, um, and I know while a lot of it is so, so deeply from the heart that I love and appreciate all people. So it's such a pure intention, right? But in your saying that, you need to understand in the social aspect of it and, again, the weaponizing of words, that has been used to discredit the fact that Black Lives Matters yes. or that any other group's lives matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like yeah. when Black Lives Matter happened, like when that all flared up with George um, Floyd yeah. um, and there was quite a few people going, all lives matter. And yeah. it's like it detracted yeah. from the whole point of why we should have been yeah. outraged. Yeah. See, there's two uh, move- there was two movements in that space. There was Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. And you yeah. have to understand that those movements were actually um, counter each other. Mm. And so if you're saying All Lives Matter, you were in the counter to Black Lives Matter. Mm. Um, and this is where understanding equity is so important that, yes, absolutely, 100%, all lives do matter. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that. And In an isolated not- statement, all lives matter. Yeah. It's yes. just, yes, absolutely. Yes. And Black Lives Matter doesn't mean any other lives don't matter. That's not yes. what it means at all. What yes. it means is at the moment, the all lives, they're doing fine. Their well-being's fine. The black lives, they're the ones with the sore finger. They're the ones with the cut. Yeah. Or they're the ones with the broken collarbone at the moment. And that collarbone or that cut is not being tended to. They're not being cared for and they're sore and they're struggling and they're feeling trauma from this thing. And there is no, no one there providing the care to make sure their well-being is at the same level as the all lives. So we put a focus on this person or this group is in desperate need of support and help. And we need to shed a light and some awareness on this stuff that they need help with. That's why we need to talk about Black Lives Matter, because we need to focus on the fact that they're not getting that care they require to be at the same standard of wellness as the rest of the community. So it's not about one being elevated above the other. It's about one already being elevated and one not at that level. So we need yeah. to kind of raise that boat to that, that, that same level. So we're all experiencing that joy of life and we're not experiencing those extra obstacles because of the way we're born yes yeah yeah no that's awesome and it's people who say oh i'm inclusive 
and yes. um, All Lives Matter are usually the people who unintentionally aren't necessarily the most inclusive people or actually do need a lot of support in that space. So mm. if you are someone who said it, look, no judgment at all. Yeah, yeah. Please know I come from a complete space of love and acceptance. Um, but it is a good way for you to self-recognize that maybe mm. you need some work in that space. Because every single person that I have worked with where I where I go, yes, you understand this, you get it, they don't ever say I'm inclusive. They don't, um, they don't ever even utter those phrases because they understand how deeply complex it is and they understand how much unpacking within themselves is required. And it is an ongoing thing. This isn't something that you just do like a, a course and then it's like, bing, you're done. Now you're inclusive. It's yeah. not because it's actually an evolving culture. And something that was considered inclusive even just a year ago is no mm. longer considered inclusive. And that's yeah. because we're having ongoing conversations about what inclusion actually means, what it consists of. And we're, we're unpacking within our own uh, communities why or why not that is the case so it is constantly going to be changing and evolving and I know people think that's scary because it's like oh my gosh I'm gonna have to do this for the rest of my life and it's like yeah you do because that's what we all do it's all part of our own growth and evolution being inclusive and loving and accepting other people is something we do always we will we'll do from the minute we're born all the way through till we die and because we are social beings and we, we always are trying to learn how to interact with each other socially and how us being part of that social society, how we actually fit into it and how, what we need to do to not be rejected. And at the moment, to not be rejected is to treat others badly. And it's about time that we really own our power in our own society, in our spaces and own our leadership. And all of us are leaders. Everyone's a leader. There is without exception, everyone is a leader to really decide what do we want our, our society to be like? What do we want our culture to be like? And really own whether we're going to follow the current crowd, follow the privilege system, follow the patriarchy in treating people badly and um, basically putting people, some people on a pedestal, there's an ideal human and then there are unideal humans. <laughs> Not that that's a word, but, you know, or do we want to change this? Do we want to shake this up? And we actually can. We just need people to, first of all, dream it. Yeah. To vision it, to join with other people in that, and we can absolutely make it happen. Yeah, totally. And um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say then, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, Blew your mind. It. Um, oh, I was just so listening to what you're saying, but um, you know, I think it it can. I think what you were saying, like it can feel like it's a lot sometimes for some people, um, yeah. because there's a lot of groups talking about a lot of things. Like we've got, you know, there's um, the LT. BTQI plus community and we've got pronouns and this is changing and then you know the the 
disabled community. We're trying to make things more accessible for them. And that's not just about having a ramp for people not to not have yeah. to use the stairs. There's many other ways that we need to incorporate inclusion for able-bodied people. There's, you know, to be more inclusive to our First Nations families and also other, you know, groups that are different yeah. race or religion that live in our country. And there's yeah. a lot of voices. Yes, there are a lot of voices talking, but, you know, it's, it, and it can seem like a lot, but it's kind of the point that is <laughs> like, isn't it really like the point? Like the reason why all these voices feel are so passionate about it is because they have been dismissed and they have been, um, they haven't had the recognition and they have been overlooked yep. for so long. Yeah. And I guess yep. that's, you know, that's kind of the point. And it can be uncomfortable, but, it, you know, like, you, you've said before already in, in this interview it's also beautiful yeah because it opens you up to all these other people not yep, just absolutely. as a business owner but as a human yeah yeah you know the which richness is- you, you can't comprehend the richness of your life when you start to really accept every individual as a person as mm. an equal person to you mm. without that underlying judgment of you know what color is their skin or how are they dressing or what are their makeup they're wearing or how do they speak or where are they from without any of that stuff and going, wow, that's another human being living mm. their life, existing. I totally love them and accept them. You know, I might not agree with everything that they say or think or do. That's totally okay. But still acknowledging and loving the fact that they are another human yeah. being in existence, sharing this space, this world, this humanity with you. It is so beautiful to just be able to do that. Now, also, I do want to offer some words of comfort to those people who are feeling like, oh, my God, this is so much stuff. It's so overwhelming. There's so much stuff to do. The thing is, you don't have to come up with any solutions. Yeah. It is not up to you. It's actually... Um, quite disrespectful for you to believe that you need to come up with any solutions. The people who are closest to the solutions to these issues that we have are the people who are experiencing them firsthand. So they already have the solutions because they know the problems, they've experienced the problems and they can see the best solutions for them. It is our, our spot, it's our job to listen to them because they are yelling it. They are protesting it. They are trying in every single way to express what they require to fix these problems, to be the best solutions for these problems. Now, that doesn't mean there might not be additional things that prop up from it, but we're continuously going to grow from those new things. So if you can stop and listen, Mm. deep listening, Dani, we call it here in Noongar language. It's the tongue's listening. So you're not ready for talking. You haven't got a response. You're not coming up with any kind of um, solutions in any possible way. You're just listening deeply to that person and what they are saying. Then you can assess your own privilege, the spaces that you have influence, um, the spaces where people will really listen to you. Can you do something in those spaces with the privilege you have that you were born with to start making changes that support the solutions provided to you. So it is, it is, doesn't have to be a complex thing. It's literally about listening, assessing whether you can help 
and then taking the action to do that. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question was what are some of the things so those people sitting here listening that are going, okay, I, I do need to start unpacking this and working on it a little bit. Like what are some of the things we can do to change? And, you know, you mentioned before, you know, go and have a look at the people who follow you or the people who yep. are, uh, drawn to you I guess this can be in life and business on on your Instagram account or just a life audit of people that hang out with you and stuff and are they exactly the same as you or is there diversity there you know and and have a look at those people um and then you mentioned listening like you know I think that's a great thing we don't have to like I don't have to have the answers as an ally I just have to listen yep and share the voices that have the answers yep yep Yep, absolutely. And with that, so you can take that. How do people do that? How do people find the voices? (laughs) That's exactly what I was just about to talk about. We're on the same wavelength. This is amazing. Um, So when you do have a look and you're like, oh, all these people kind of look the same, identify the same and kind of have the same life experience. What you can start doing is really dedicating a little bit of your time each week to follow, go and find, actually seek out, like on social media, seek out voices that are different to your own um, and follow them, engage with them, watch their, their content. You know, if they have something about, you know, allyship or anything like that, go and purchase their, their product, purchase their, download their thing, whatever it is help support them in getting their voice further share, press that share button use it a lot and yeah. allow their voice to be amplified on your platform. Um, that is, that's a big thing. And so a lot of the social media stuff that we're on, it's all based on algorithms, right? So I know a lot of people go, Oh, you know, the algorithms feeding me this and this and that, and I don't like it. Um, in reality, we are the creators of our worlds on our social media. So whatever you're interacting with, those algorithms go, oh, you like this. I'm going you to create your own feed, man. You so create if, you your don't, own feed. <laughs> if you don't like your feed, it's because you're interacting with stuff you don't like. So stop doing it. <laughs> and yeah. to get more diversity on that space, you need to interact with my yes. diversity. And that means you need to initiate the search function and actually look it up and then start interacting with those things. And the more you interact with them, the more that diversity will come through to you. And in all honesty, it can, when, when there are people like diverse in lots of different spaces, it can be a little bit confronting um, because people look differently. Uh, they identify differently. They're presenting very differently. And it's not part of the so-called norm that we have in our society. And I just encourage you to sit with it and listen to what they have to say, watch them, expose yourself over and over to people who identify differently, who look differently and allow yourself to get to a space where it's just totally okay. It's totally okay for them to be them, do them, however them is. Um, And that's just a good thing you can do when you're scrolling social media in the afternoon. Just allow yourself to sit with the uncomfortableness of someone who doesn't necessarily look the way society, you know, has these ridiculous, um, it's not necessarily expectations, it's like dress code. 
You have a yep. dress code for your makeup. You have a dress code for your clothing. You have a dress code for your skin color. You have a dress code for your hair color, all the stuff. There's a dress code. So just allow that dress code to kind of fall away. Just go, what is, is, and let that be. And my gosh, it can be liberating. It can be so liberating because once you start accepting that they can be and express themselves how their soul calls them to express themselves, you're also giving yourself permission to be and express yourself in the way your soul is calling you to. It is just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. And, you know, for me, I found, you know, just as someone who was, I I had to go looking. I had to. I had to go looking as well for people to follow and for people to interact with and for things to read and podcasts to listen to. Um, You know, once you find a few good people to follow and listen to, you usually find that they'll be sharing other people's stuff too. So if you see people sharing stuff in their stories or on their Facebook page, like go and look at it, have a try it on and see if that's someone that you want to follow and learn a little bit more from, you know, like um, just dig deeper. Don't just scroll past the the post, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, um, and in that, I, it, it's not just social media. I found great book recommendations, great podcast recommendations. I've seen more because you build your own algorithm, right? So then I see more articles and things like that. Even, you know, on the TV, like if you switch over, you know, instead of just watching Netflix all the all the time, like switch over to SBS maybe and have a look for a Q&A session or one of those shows, you'll often see really great topics being spoken about on those shows as well. And, um, you know, I know that just for myself, that's something that's really helped me was just, I had to go looking. Yeah. It wasn't going to yeah. find me. I had yeah. to go looking for it. It had to be something that I made a conscious effort to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now that I've built my own algorithm, I see so much more of it. Right. And yes. it's, it's there. Not that I can, you know, step away and not do that anymore, but um, that's definitely that really helped me. So if, yeah. You know, and, and also um, you, some people have said to me, you know, well, how come they aren't coming into these, you know, usually white dominated spaces? Why aren't they mm. coming into these really privileged spaces and sharing their story or sharing? And I say, first of all, that's really scary. Mm. It's really scary to be the only voice among some another space who um, have shared belief systems and shared ideologies and shared experiences of how life in the world works to come into that space and speak something any different is really scary but not only that it's very dangerous it's unsafe to do that so you're um, there's like this expectation that people who are already oppressed and are feeling um, experiencing lots of trauma and not having their their well-being, needs met in their human rights met you're then asking them to come and make themselves further unsafe Mm. to come and enter into these spaces Um, so what what you can do and what we can do when we have that privilege when we when we know we're quite safe and a majority of our society thinks and feels and experiences things the way we do I would encourage you to be the minority and find a space where you are the minority and just go and be in that space. Don't go and take up space there. Don't go and share your opinions. Don't go and share your solutions. 
just go in that space and feel what it feels like to be a minority, to get some understanding of how it can feel when you are one against a whole collective Um, and not against, against was the wrong word to use, but it's uh, your experiences or your understandings differ from the collective. Um, That can help you gain some empathy and compassion for that. But it's also a great space because there are very different conversations happening there that you would never be exposed Mm -hmm. to if you stayed in your own spaces. Um, And a lot of them can be really shocking. A lot of them can be really, really inspiring and hopeful. Yep, I agree. And um, so kind of the, the, the thing I wanted you to end on for me was for those people out there listening that are they want to take more action like and that's what how I felt before I started working with you was that I wanted to be a better ally I wanted to be able to talk about it like and when I spoke about it and you know shared my stand on these topics I wanted to be able to do it in a way that was a authentic b didn't sound like I was being another white savior because yeah. obviously that can happen a lot, um, particularly for, you know, very privileged people like myself. Didn't want to come across like that. I'm sure I still do like so many times, but we're all learning and growing. Um, but I was scared. I was paralyzed really with fear that I would get it wrong. Yeah. Um, and you really, obviously you helped me work through that and have the confidence to be able to move forward. And, you know, I've spoken to you since we've worked together about stuff I've even done in our local community that, you know, I've been so like, it's been such great soul food to be a part of, to to be a part of that stuff. Um, So what would you say to people who felt like me 12 months ago? I would say one baby step at a time. If you can have that intention and committing to just do one little thing and it doesn't actually mean you have to be going out and speaking or saying anything, but it could be you searching for people with different opinions. It could be you searching for minority groups and listening to them and spending some time. That's an action in itself to really do it. Um, it could be you reaching out to someone like me going, I do need support in this. Um, or I want support in this, can you help me? Or anyone else who works in the space that I work in, reach out to the people who resonate with you. Um, It just has to be baby steps. It doesn't have to be big leaps. Just allow yourself to put a toe out of your comfort zone, just a little toe. And then when you can't get comfortable with that, just put another little toe a little bit further out. And before you know it, it accumulates. And you're comfortable with speaking your truth about these these different, um, you know, movements or causes or issues or, you know, injustices that are happening. And you don't even realise the progression that has happened because you've just done it bit by bit by bit and allowed yourself to expand and grow by tiny little increments Um, and, and know that it's okay. It's okay to be scared. And it's also okay to get it wrong because we're still human and marginalised people understand that. And we know that allies are going to mess up. We know it. It it is guaranteed you're going to mess up at some point. But that messing up is not a bad thing. 
that messing up is a beautiful opportunity for you to understand a bit more, for you to learn a bit more, for you to grow a bit more, and for you to um, create more allyship tools within yourself to cope with these things. So when you're just doing a little bit, a little bit, you might make a little mistake. And so then you can learn from that. And then so your your toolbox of, of, you know, things that you can draw from in your allyship journey builds and builds and builds. I do want you to know that certainly from my, my perspective, me speaking my own opinion, I'm so deeply grateful to anyone who commits to allyship and supporting groups of people who are marginalized, who aren't privileged and who aren't having their particular wellness or needs met. I'm so grateful because it's something you absolutely don't have to do. It is a choice to do it. Um, so that that's kind of what you can do from there. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to feel heavy. It doesn't have to be any of those things. It can feel, it can feel light. Yeah. It can, it can feel exciting even. Yeah. That you're going to be part. Yeah. Like this, this is, this is awesome. Like this isn't something that we should go into feeling heavy about. We should be excited about it, about unpacking (laughs) it and seeing what that looks like. And it, you know, it, 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 it does enrich your life. Yes, facing your privilege can be a hard thing to do and it can smack you in the face sometimes and that yep. can be quite difficult to work through yep. if you're a privileged person. Um, but the benefits far outweigh yeah. that uncomfortableness. Yeah, yeah. Far outweigh. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that whole little steps thing because we get taught a lot, particularly in business, to take big leaps and, mm-hmm. you know, that we're often taught to, take big leaps all the time but sometimes it is just small incremental changes that you implement over a period of time that have the biggest transformations yeah yeah and and this is the thing too um even our business the way we do business is so based in the patriarchy and so based in masculine energy and we're really realizing that that doesn't quite work a lot of the time for business it's more feminine energy that works for business we're moving into a new era where business is completely done differently and the masculine way of doing business is almost dying out and how how great is that (laughs) it's beautiful (laughs) because it it brings in so much more care and it's so much more it's so much longer so in um in my culture it's a matriarchal um society where the women are the ones who are the spirit protectors. So we do all the spiritual work. We do the big picture stuff. And this is why when we have like our menstrual cycles and stuff, our, our one cycle goes like around about a month. That's one cycle for us. And for men, those cycles are 24 hour ish. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, for a reason the women are here to be the big picture thinkers to create these big longevity things to have sustainability and conservation and really having the the complete and in intentions of care for the whole community togetherness and the nurture and it is those tasks that we do each day which are the masculine that make sure yeah. the delivery of that overarching idea and concept is delivered so it's changing and it's flipping and 
I'm so excited about it. Yeah, Could you I, just I imagine love, the world? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So much care, so much nurture, so much really valuing each individual as an integral part of our world. Yeah. That's what we're moving into. Yeah, I love that. Love it. Now you've got a couple of things that you wanted to give um, some special couple of little special gifts, which I will mention in the intro as well, but if you just want to share what they are. Yes. So um, at the beginning of the podcast, when I did an acknowledgement of country, I know a lot of people are really intimidated. Like, what do I actually say? How do I do this? I'm freaking out. I want to do it, but I don't know if it's respectful, whatever. I have an acknowledgement of country masterclass that I have online um, and I'd like to offer 40% off to any of your listeners. So I'll ha- give you the code So uh, and the link. If you go in there, you use the code, you can get 40% off that, um, that masterclass. And it, it's specifically for businesses. So it talks about business, how you can actually include your values of what's important to you and your business, how you can have your flair in there, your branding in there as well, but also really express that acknowledgement, that respect and that gratitude in that acknowledgement in a way that's really truly you. Um, So that is available for 40% off. And I also, because I just had my book launched, I'm really excited about the book launch. So the book book (laughs) is called A Woman's Journey to Empowerment. And my chapter in that co-authored book is um, Inclusive Ripples and Changing the World. And it talks about my story about racism um, and growing up with that, what has happened and how I kind of um, moved through it to getting to where I am and how businesses can really use inclusion and understand inclusion and be part of this changing world. So I actually, for one of your um, listeners, here is the book. I am going to give one of your listeners um, a free copy yes. of the book. So we were trying to figure out how to do this. <laughs> and <laughs> and here's, we, so we, we thought what we would do is, so for those people that have listened to the episode um, and, and, you know, got something out of it and loved it, if you can go and leave a review um, on Apple Podcasts um, and if you put your Instagram handle in that um in the review so just say I loved um your the episode with Louise talking about inclusivity and diversity um and leave your you know share something you loved about it and leave your Instagram handle um I'll give it you know after the podcast airs I'll give it a couple of weeks and we'll we'll draw someone who has who's listened to it Listen through to the end and, and told us that they have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make them work for it. I'm going to make them work for it. It's a really amazing book. The stories in there from the women are so powerful. And yes. it's um, stories of challenge that, that women, everyday women experience a lot. And what they've gone through, the obstacles and challenges they've gone through, and then how they've managed to get through them. And there are amazing gifts. At the end of each chapter, we each offer a special gift um to the readers so there is like 14 gifts available in in the book um so let's make them tag us on instagram too share a story with us just let let people know that you love the episode tag us both in it so i'm louise.oreilly.shieldingconch um do it on there because we'd we'd love 
to get this this new world happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And you've been so generous. So thank you so much for that. And I can honestly say, I think I bought your acknowledgement of country um, course. I think you had a Black Friday offer, some offer for it at some point, a sale, and I bought it. And it was awesome. Like it helped me um, do my acknowledgement of country as well. So that's been very generous. Thank you. So where can everyone find you on the internet? These days, I am mostly on TikTok. So I'm loving TikTok, but you certainly can find me on Instagram um, and my website is louiseoreilly.com.au. Cool. And obviously all the links to connect with Louise will be in the show notes page for the episode today. So you'll be able to find her over there. Thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time today and being so, you know, beautifully honest and open um, with everything you've shared on the podcast and also the um the gifts that you're offering to everyone listening as well. So thank you so much. You are so welcome. I was, I've loved every second of this. Thank you so much to all your listeners. You are all amazing. Um, if, you know, just say hi, you know, let's, let's, let's connect. And um, don't be afraid to take those little baby steps. Please don't be afraid because those marginalized communities, the Aboriginal community, we actually need allies to aid and support us to be treated better. We really do. I'm going to leave it at that. That's it. Mic drop moment. (laughs) (laughs) If you liked what you heard in your ears today, then I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. You can find me at at Stacey Marie Coaching. Until then, stay classy.